welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, you're back in civilization. You're gone hunting. Um, didn't really have cell service much for a couple of days. What's it like to to be back in the thick of things again? <laughs> I I came down the road that got service, and my work phone lit up like a Christmas tree. And I was like, well. I guess we're going to have some work to do on Tuesday, <laughs> but uh, no, it was fun. It was good to get away for a little while and um, just kind of enjoy the bonfire, enjoy the nice starry skies and all that type of stuff, but uh, nice to be back and um, we got plenty of stuff ahead for everybody to read and listen to and, and so forth. Yeah, there's a lot going on over the weekend um, and even into yesterday, actually, we got some of the soccer section seatings where uh, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday morning, a little before noon tonight, is when girls' soccer sections for a lot of um, our local teams is going to be kicking off. A lot of them um, on the road, while Brian will be at the home game for Tech. So we'll see how. Um, I believe we have five teams in action tonight, so um, we'll be kind of seeing how they all fare as sections begin. Um, Thursday is going to be uh, mostly all the boys' teams, and also the Cathedral girls' teams is going to start as well for sections. Um, and then tennis is going to be going on later in the week again that uh, you covered a bit last week that we'll talk about. Um, and then we have football as well. Last Friday of football for the regular season before um, the usual MEA games uh, next Wednesday. So um, we're still going to try to figure out how we're really going to um, podcast for that next week. It might be, you know, when we get to that point, it might be later in the week we talk about those games for section might wait till seedings are out. Um, still trying to navigate that, but at least for this week. Um, we'll have another normal week, so we're going to go through our picks as usual, um, talk about some games from last Friday, and um, also talk about a couple other uh, high school sports later in the show. But we'll do as we usually do and start with picks. Brian, do you want to update? It continues to be close, at least. No one's running away. No one's falling too far behind. Well, you guys um, both picked the same teams last week, um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you guys picked all the same teams last week. and. I decided to be the rebel and take Wilmer over Ricori, which helped me go five and zero last week. So you guys went four and one. I went five and zero, and that brought me a game closer to everybody. So Dave is currently sitting in the lead at thirty one and six. You're at twenty nine and eight, and I'm at twenty eight and nine. So getting kind of closer. I mean, we got this week of regular season. We got next week of regular season, and then we kind of hit sections and. It seems like when sections hits, all of us kind of pick the same teams. I don't understand, but somehow it works that way. So we're we'll gonna have to switch it up if we want to catch Dave. So we need to <laughs> we need to try to get closer in the next two weeks. I or think. we convince Dave to pick the other team. One of the two. Or we or we, yeah, we just convince Dave to throw the entire thing. I also like that <laughs> idea. So. We'll see how we'll see how we manage, but um We'll start with, um, I think we got to start with Soccer Rapids Moorhead for this week. Um, this one's going to be the top two teams in their section likely will earn those top two seeds uh, when they seed them out in about a week and a half or two weeks. Um, Moorhead did lose last week, um, 50 to 46 to Elk River, so it's not going to be a battle of the undefeated, but very close still. Um, Soccer Rapids moved to 6-0, and you were at that game. So um, do you want to just tell me a little bit? I know you've seen them. Gosh, you've probably seen them once. It's your third time this year now. Um, did anything stand out differently? Did anything impress you or kind of notify you that you haven't seen in their games before this year? I mean, it's it's honestly like a broken record. Um, it's it's hard to find anything that's different because they're so good. <laughs> um, I mean, they played St. Francis. It was their homecoming game um, on Friday night, and they 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 basically started off really hot and they just kind of kept it the way the same way um most of the first team didn't play the second half um i think dominic matthias had one touchdown um at the very beginning of the third quarter and then after that neither offense or defense's first team was out on the field so um saint francis scored really late about a minute left in the game to make it 35 to 7 otherwise it was basically soccer rapids just dominating as they have for the last six weeks so um just kind of an insane um insane team just with how they're able to do stuff um i mean they went up 14 to nothing at the end of the first quarter it kind of seemed a little slow at the beginning um 
But if you look at last week or two weeks ago when they played Bemidji, it was a seven to six game heading into the half. And so um, it was kind of the re- the reverse this week where instead of being really close at the half and having to kind of find your way around to, to get that win um, in the second half, they they completely dominated the first half. And that led to them being able to just kind of ease into the second half and win. Um, I think the, one of the biggest things was was that it was nice to see the second team um, be able to shut out because I know when they came out for the Tech game, um, they gave up, I think, 21 points in that second half. This time they only gave up seven, and that was right at the end of the game. So it kind of shows that that second team is kind of working hard, um, and a lot of those guys are going to be kind of filling in those holes next year when a lot of the senior group is is graduated. Um but yeah, overall, I mean, Jace Walrath had two rushing touchdowns. Um, Dominic Mathias also found Andrew Her- Heron for a touchdown. Um, I mean, it was just a really good game by by all of them. Um, and I mean, there was really not much that went wrong. <laughs> um, I think the only thing that kind of was maybe a little concerning, um, Alex Heron came back. Um, he was he was he returned after his. Um, very scary scene a few weeks ago where he was transported in a hospital and had um, a concussion. Well, he passed the concussion test, came back, and I think he played maybe a handful of downs, and then he got hit pretty hard, and he was out for the rest of the game. Um, so don't know what that means. They might have him for Moorhead. They might have him for you know um, their last regular season game, but hopefully, I mean, the, the main thing is is they got to have him ready for um, – sections and so but i i mean also the thing that you have to realize is that he's been gone for the last two weeks and they still won so i mean there's plenty of guys on that team that can score that can do what um that can replace him and and be able to you know get a win it's just it's nice to have alex heron on the field (laughs) let's just say that (laughs) absolutely and i'm just excited for this game too because i mean they haven't played a team yet this year that has more than two wins looking through it um everyone's either two and four two and three one and five winless um so we haven't got to see them play a team with a winning record yet and they've been blowing out teams by so much for the most part it's hard to really know what they're like in a close game for more like you said Bemidji was close for a bit but then they still um you know got the job done so uh that's just gonna be exciting because you're facing Morehead who only has a loss Monticello's four and two as well the last week so um while we've learned a bit about this team, I think we're going to learn a ton more over the next two weeks, which will be great because we'll get to see a bit more of what they're really like heading into sections. And that begins with this game. So they're going to be heading on the road to Moorhead, too. So that's a long trip that makes it um, a little bit of an even tougher challenge. Um, Brian, on the pick side, um, what are you picking and what did Dave pick? Yeah, so Dave um, went with Moorhead um, and I am going with Sock Rapids. So um, I think... Like you said, it's going to be one of those. I, I mean, right now, Moorhead's four, Sock Rapids is six. It wouldn't surprise me if Sock Rapids went up to five. Moorhead maybe stayed at four. Um, so you're looking at a top five matchup um, heading into this week. And I, I mean, I, I think I think this is going to be crucial because whoever wins this is probably going to get home field um, for the section finals if both teams match up for the section finals, which is what is projected to be. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think it'll be a really good game. Um, I'm just going to go with soccer Rapids because so far they have, they've, they haven't really shown any weaknesses. So I, I got to go with soccer Rapids, uh, for this matchup. Yeah, I think I will be too, for some of those same reasons. Um, just with the, their dynamic playability, their also ability to kind of grind it out and win. um, not the prettiest in some instances this year as well. I like that they've been able to do both. Um, and they've had a lot of success scoring right away, too, and putting teams away in most of these games. So they're not a team that's really struggled to start, you know, and get their offense flowing, get stops. That hasn't been much of a problem other other than one game this year. So um, I think they'll be able to win. I also like the idea of both of us catching a game on Dave. That's also exciting as well. <laughs> um, leaving himself open for a little bit of a comeback. So um, for that reason as well, I think I have to pick the storm. So we'll see if they can get the job done for us. Definitely. And um, a couple of the other um, more um, notable teams, um, Sartell and Ricori both have buys. So there's only five games going on this week. Um, And I think the next matchup 
would probably be the one that I'm going to be going to, um, which is Apollo and Becker. Um, the, that matchup is looking a little bit more appealing after last week's victory for Apollo. Um, 48-27 to 27 for the Eagles over Delano at home for their homecoming game. Um, I mean, it just seemed like a really, really good game um, from from those Apollo Eagles. What did you think? Yeah, just, I mean, you look at the stats, and it's kind of what you've come to expect is Andrew Carlton is going to put up a lot of yards in the air and on the ground, but this was probably his best dual threat performance of the year, 246 through the air and a touchdown, um, and then 151 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. I believe I also saw that tied um, in Apollo record for most rushing touchdowns in a game. So, um, you know, they're rolling, they're doing things the right way. Um, they could easily be five and one with just one or two different plays. Um, as well. So, I mean, they've, they've shown a lot. They seem to be trending in the right direction while kind of a lot of our other, a handful of our other teams have kind of been trending in um, negative directions. It seems like later in the week, we'll get to Ricori in a little bit who had a tough time um, against Wilmer this last week, but they're, they're shaping up to probably get a decent seed in that section as well. Um, We'll see how it closes out. They could maybe even get up to possibly the two seed, I think if they win another game or two. So um, things are looking good for them. They seem pretty locked in. Um, you know, three wins, that's more than they had in what the last, you know, two plus years um, of football. So, I mean, they're they are they're trending in the right direction. They're doing the right things. Um, and a, in a game against like Delano, they're showing that they can actually put up a ton of points and not for the first time in a long time, play a one score game or really close game. Like when they beat big lakes, they're beating the teams they need to. Um, they're being competitive against, you know, teams above them like Recorian and Wilmer earlier in the year. So. There's a lot to like there, and while you are playing Becker, who is going to be heavily favored, has done basically no wrong this entire year, it's it's going to be a tough matchup, but um, I'm excited to see how they play against the the class's best. Yeah, I think, I mean, I mean, you and I kind of talked about it um, last week a little bit about, you know, if, if, if they were able to put out a good performance against Delano, it might make things more interesting for Becker. If they were, you know, a two point victory or whatever it may be because they had such a close game against tech who is considerably less than them and a close game against Ricori and Wilmer who are kind of even with them. Um, if they did the same against Delano, it was kind of like, all right, well maybe they aren't ready for Becker. You know, maybe they're, maybe they're not completely there yet for Becker, but now it's like, I mean, they have nothing to lose. Becker's the top dog. I mean, you're coming in as the underdog at home as well, which is always a nice thing to see is, you know, you're you're going to be able to play at, at your place against one of the top teams in the in the state. Um, so, I mean, there's nothing to lose except go play your hardest and, and see if you can get a, a victory. So I think uh, the Eagles are probably liking this opportunity because there's no pressure on them. They just go out there and do their own thing and, um, do what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. I mean, Andrew Carls is looking really good. He's been kind of their um, their leader on on the offense as well as even on the defense as well. Um, and so, I mean, the big thing is is you're going to have to put up some points and you're going to have to put them up early. Um, if Becker gets a lead early on, it's really hard for 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 teams to come back and and beat them. So, um, over the last two weeks, they beat Big Lake fifty eight to nothing. They beat Monticello 31 to seven, who also was four wins. Um, so, I mean, 89 to seven over the last two weeks, that just shows you what Becker can do right away. So you just got to make sure to get points on the board right away, get them a little bit off and maybe see what happens as, as the game continues. But I will be over at that game um, this upcoming week. And so looking forward to that. It's also tackle cancer night for the Eagles. Um, so that'll be a that'll be a fun one. Just seeing everyone in pink. Um, over at Apollo High School. Yeah, and for for Becker, I mean, they're six and zero. They're number one in Class Four A. Um, their core, quarterback Ryan Benson, he's thrown fifteen touchdowns, and if this is right, no interceptions the entire year. Um, so that's incredibly thrown at least a touchdown every game. Last two weeks, eight total. So I mean, they're totally locked in that way. They also have Carter Callahan, who's um, just a huge dominant force on the ground and has eight touchdowns this year. So I mean there hasn't been um you know a game plan to beat them so far this year obviously they're six and oh they beat hutchinson um they only had one other they had a game against chisago lakes that was a close game but other than that um as you just mentioned they've been blowing out teams lately so 
Um, it's a big task. I'm going to pick Becker in this one. Um, it's going to be tough to pick against Becker at all until, well, unless they get upset this year, basically, because um, they're probably going to be favored in every game. So um, I, I'm hoping Apollo puts up a good, um, you know, a good effort here. It makes it a little closer. I know they got blown out pretty good by Hutchinson to start the year. Um, they're a very different team, I think, just watching them, how they've developed through the week. So um, I guess my main takeaway isn't even just if they win this one, but if they look a bit better than they did in that game, then I think you're going to see some significant progress. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, Dave and I will be picking Becker as well. But um, like you said, Hutchinson, they lost 44 to 6 in, in zero week. Um, but obviously, when you add five more weeks after that, plus a bye week, I mean, you can definitely tell that the that they're growing and they're getting better and things are on the up and up. I mean, they, they've won the last three out of their last four games. Um, and obviously, they're, 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 something's working for them. So... Um, I think it'll be a lot closer than what people probably expect it to be um, compared to what they saw against Hutchinson. Um, but I think, yeah, like you said, Becker's been the top team. They've beaten some really good teams along the way, and it's hard to it's hard to to take um, a different team than than Becker in, in this matchup. Definitely. So um, we're all the same on that pick. We'll move on to Albany, who's going to be heading to Foley. Um, this will give me a chance a little bit to talk about Albany versus Cathedral last week, which is the game I was at, which was an awesome game. We've determined that Brian, is if he goes to your game, it's probably going to be a blowout. If I go to your game, it's probably going to be like a point or two. That's what we've learned this year. So, um, Just a note, if you look back through the weeks of where we've been, it's a pretty it's a pretty obvious pattern at this point. But I was at this game. It was Cathedral's homecoming. Um, they were playing at St. Cloud State. And first, the fan turnout was awesome. I mean, it's pro- it's. I know Emmett Keenan said it's probably the most they've had in, he said, like five, ten years or so at a game. I mean, it was honestly really packed there at Husky Stadium, and that's a big that's a big grandstand. So there's a lot of people there for it, really good student section, too. Um, and, you know, Albany went down. They got an interception from Carter Beer on the first drive, and then he ran in a touchdown a couple plays later, um, which has been a common theme for them this year. But, um, you know, they go ahead a score early about three, four minutes in, and I'm kind of like, oh, this might be – kind of like the last year or two, a couple of years they've played where Albany's just completely dominated. But instead, Cathedral went down eventually. Um, they scored a touchdown after some nice some nice passes, moving the ball well. Um, and then they even went up a score um, at halftime, too. They got a, they have a pass to Kellen Kinzer from Jordan Schumann that kind of beat the Albany defense. They were a little lost, and he ran for about a 40-yard touchdown. So they go into the half. I mean, I, when I was walking up to the booth at the half, I mean, they were just going absolutely insane in the locker room. And they kind of had um, all the momentum. Albany comes back first drive, kind of as Mike Kleinschmidt, their coach, said, a standard Albany drive that they put in. Went down, you know, 80 yards in a couple minutes. Um, I think ran every single play. Um, it was only five or six plays, and Carter Beer broke loose for his second touchdown of the day. He finished with, I think it was like 170 yards, which a little lower than his, you know, 200s 290s i can't believe he didn't do his his expectations you know i mean i know i was expecting him 250 and five touchdowns every week so i know so he let you down only 172 <laughs> touchdowns but um <laughs> they have him back he's rolling he i thought he'd got hurt with about five minutes left in the game on a punt return he brought he was returning it good return too to try to set them up for their last drive um and as he got hit by two cathedral guys he just kind of bent in an awkward way and i thought it was either a knee a leg something Two plays later, he's back in the game, taking the ball every single, every play, breaking loose again. So um, they were able to just kind of grind it out, get that win, 16 to 14. But it, you know, it impressed me a lot with Cathedral too. Their defense looked great. Um, they didn't let Albany run all over them, even though they have, you know, Albany usually has the advantage on offensive defensive line. It didn't, it didn't affect the game, you know, too much. It didn't, you know, Cathedral wasn't too overmatched. So they played really well. I mean, I think it bodes well for cathedral just playing with a good team like albany who you know they were one and two they're four and two now um showing some good signs and they're gonna be going to foley like we mentioned who's one and five so um they just lost to princeton by a couple scores who albany beat the who beat two weeks ago so um this is gonna be a pretty easy pick for albany in this one for me but um i've liked what i've seen they seem to be really growing you know they've they've had some injuries they've overcome those injuries um, you know, LaQuay Jefferson's back. He even was out a little bit again in this game, playing more running back instead of quarterback now. But they just seem to be, you know, they weren't so strong off the bat like last year. But, you know, they're developing each week, and that might be a better sign for them. 
Definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, Dave and I will both be picking Albany as well. Um, if you look at Foley's, Foley's games over the past few weeks, um, they've given up at least 50 points in the last three of four games. Uh, they won against Little Falls 16-6, to but then they lost to Malacca 50-32, to Zimmerman to 50-40, to and Princeton 58-14. to So, I mean, when you're giving up 50 points a game, it's really hard to win. <laughs> um, unless you're Princeton, in which case you, you score like 80 points and you win. I don't, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I think with Albany and just what they're capable of doing, I mean, it – if you give Carter Beer, I, I have a feeling that this week Carter Beer will have another great game because if they're giving up 50 points a game, Carter Beer knows how to find those holes and and, and get into the end zone. So um, for me, I think it's definitely a slam dunk Albany win in my mind, um, but we'll see how the game unfolds um, this upcoming week. Yeah, and then uh, since we just talked about them, we can do their game as well. Cathedral will be at Little Falls um, this Friday as well. Little Falls. 0-6 on the year winless, like you just mentioned. Um, the you know their closest game was Foley 16 to six. They also lost 41 to 14 at home to Zimmerman last week. So um, you know this is a big opportunity for Cathedral get a second win, get a little bit of confidence going. Um, you know they they're getting down to the wire here in the regular season, just like everyone. They're also going to host Princeton next Wednesday, which. Um, two teams that like to throw the ball, try to score a lot. Um, I think that'll be, um, you know, interesting for Cathedral as well, but they have to get it done this week first, um, you know, to be able to get a better section seating. So I'm going to pick Cathedral in this one. Like I mentioned just earlier, I like their passing game a lot. One that stood out was um, Emmanuel Kutsera, who's a junior receiver, caught some just incredible passes. One just fully laid out like a 30, 40 yard ball right in his hands, diving. He caught one where he literally just like put his arm back and caught it one-handed completely, like middle of the field too. Um, he was making some incredible plays. So um, him, you know, Kellen Kinzer as well that I mentioned with the touchdown, he had some good catches. Um, and they just, they showed a lot of composure. Um, you know, they weren't able to move the ball the second half the same way. And they did have a couple fumbles and just kind of late plays that hurt them against, you know, a team they weren't favored to beat in Albany. So um, this week, I'd say they're favored to beat with, you know, Little Falls being winless. So we'll see if they can kind of, Use that confidence that they got rolling in the first half last week against Albany. Use that with this week. So I'm going to be picking the Crusaders in this one. Yeah, I think the big thing for me that I'd like to see from from Cathedral, obviously that passing game is starting to heat up a little bit more and more each week. The main thing that I want to see is that running game. Um, they haven't been able to run a whole lot um, over the last two, three weeks. Um, and that's something that you're definitely going to need when you have Evan Wallen in the back, like you need to be able to give it to him and use his talent a little bit. So um, that would be my, my thing is, is especially against the little falls team that's winless, you can kind of try some things um, and see what things work. Um, especially against when you play Princeton the following week, it's not going to be an easy task because Princeton puts up a lot of points. So um, I would say, I, I, Dave and I are both going to pick uh, Cathedral for this game as well, but uh, but yeah, definitely would love to see that balance between passing and rush, running game um, this upcoming week. Yeah, and the thing for Cathedral, they've scored every game, but they've only scored two or three touchdowns every single game. The most they've got, I believe, is um, 21 points this year was in a win against Foley. So they have had offense, but they've had no really big explosions, you know, no 30, 40 point games. So if they could do something like that, which they're probably, like you mentioned, they're probably going to need to do against Princeton because if you want to beat Princeton, you got to put up like 40 or 50. So um, getting that going is big. And yeah, I like your rushing point because I think I looked up the stats going into the game. They had, it was either 85 or 90% of their offense had been passing through the first couple of weeks. And that kind of rang true again last week. Um, so if they can discover that, get a little, either run some different packages, get the running game going, they're, they're going to be much more dangerous. So, um, and then last game is Tech, I believe, right? Yeah, one one other quick note about uh, Cathedral. I just was I noticed it before. Obviously, I, I didn't know the stats from last week, but two weeks before that, they both combined for like ten yards of rushing. So that's why that note is kind of set is because you know when you have a guy like Evan Wall in the background or in the backfield, you need to be able to use him. And only ten rushing yards in two games um, is just kind of you know that 
that needs to change a little bit, <laughs> especially against Princeton, where if they know that you're going to pass it the entire time, it's a little harder for you to put up 50 points and such. Yeah, and the last matchup is going to be Tech and Mamiji. Um, Mamiji is going to play at Tech this upcoming week. Tech is coming off a bye week last week. Um, they are 0-6 to start this season and have been struggling a little bit here and there. Um, they had a close game against Apollo on October 1st before their bye week. Um, they lost 20-14, to but it was a much closer game compared to other matchups they've had during the season. Um, Mamiji is coming off a win against Buffalo last week, 28-7. to They are currently 2-3. and They had one game that they couldn't play just due to COVID um, aspects and such. Um, but... They are kind of rolling. I mean, they won the last two of uh, last two of three games. Um, their only loss recently has been against Sock Rapids, um, twenty-one to six. But they beat Brainerd nineteen to six and twenty, and then they beat Buffalo twenty-eight to seven. So, some really good um, games for the Lumberjacks. Um, for Dave and I, we're both picking uh, Mamiji for this one. It's tough to to pick Tech. Um, I mean, hopefully they learn some stuff over the bye week. Um, that is, I mean, it's crucial to be able to use that bye week for your advantage. Um, they have two very tough tasks up ahead to close out the season, Mamiji, and then they play at Alexandria. I mean, those are two very tough teams, even though they don't have winning records, they're very tough teams. And if you can get a win against one of these, it could potentially, you know, help you with confidence and momentum heading into sections. But um, it's just tough to, to see them getting a win against either of these teams. I know they've been, uh, you were over at that Apollo game and they switched up a lot of their offense. Um, they, they did a couple different things compared to what they did against Sartell during zero week when I went, when I went and saw them. Um, but it's just, it's tough to, it's tough to pick the, the Tigers, especially being 0 six this season. Yeah, I'll be picking Bemidji as well. I did. There was a lot of stuff that we I kind of talked about last week as well, so I don't need to repeat myself too much. But just with um, their rushing attack, their ability with Josh Russell to throw the ball as well um, in a way that I hadn't seen them really throw the ball much this year. Um, their offense looked a lot more potent, and they're able to force a lot of turnovers out of Apollo too. So they did a lot of nice pieces that you're going to need to pull off an upset against one of these teams. Um, I don't know if it happens this week. If it if it would, that'd be awesome just to see them get back in the win column and the losing streak that, you know, is now, um, you know, going back to section playoffs of 2019 is how far back it dates. So I know they want to end that, kind of put that in their rear view like Apollo did um, earlier this year. Now, Apollo, they rattled off a couple wins since. So it, it really helps when you can just kind of get that monkey off your back. So we'll see if they can do it. But like you mentioned, Bemidji, I mean, they've, they've won a couple games. They played Sock Rapids. Tough. Um, in a way that Tech didn't earlier in the year. So um, it's going to be tough to, to pick against Bemidji in this one. So I think they'll probably get the win. Yeah, so uh, from what it sounds like, all of our picks are pretty much the same except for the Sock Rapids and Moorhead game. Um, Dave is going to be picking that Moorhead team, and we'll be we'll be going with the Storm. Zach and I will be. Um, a couple other points from last week. Um, I know Ricori and Sartell are both on bye weeks this week, so they won't be playing a game, but they did play last week. Um, Ricori got or ended up losing 24 to eight to Wilmer at home last week. Um, just kind of been a tough, uh, been a tough few weeks for for those Spartans as they they lost to Hutchinson last week, um, and then obviously the the loss to Wilmer. They went to they dropped to four and three this season, um, and it's it's just been kind of a little tough. The 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 defense hasn't been really gelling that well. Um, giving up 24 points against Wilmer is obviously not ideal. Um, the offense just wasn't didn't seem like it was clicking a whole lot. Um, Brady Blattner got the only touchdown for um, the Spartans with a two-yard rushing touchdown um, in the fourth quarter. Um, but it just kind of seemed like Wilmer kind of took that lead and, and rode with it for most of the game. Um, so be interesting to see how Ricori comes back um, for the final week of the regular season be good to get that last win um, for the regular season as you head into sections because you get that little momentum. Um, but it'll be kind of interesting to see how that kind of unfolds. And then the other team, Sartell, they lost 43-22 to to Alexandria at Alexandria last week. Um, a little bit more offensive production for them, which was great to see. Um, one of them was an um, interception return by Donovan Lund. 
um, for 28 yards. Alexandria, though, kind of that combination between Carter Steffensmeyer and Christian uh, Christian Hawkins Hoskins was just really strong um, for the car or for Alexandria this past week. Um, I think Hoskins had about three touchdowns, and Carter I think had probably another three touchdowns. They were leading 36 to eight at the half, um, and then Sartell was able to kind of get a couple touchdowns. I'm guessing probably not their top defense was playing at that point. Um, but was able to get a 38-yard touchdown um, from Gavin Schulte to Carson Gross, and then another seven-yard touchdown pass from Schulte to Austin Hendricks. Um, Sartell's one and six this season. They have a bye, and then they'll be playing um, at Mamiji to end the regular season um, for the Sabres, um, whereas Ricori will be playing at home against Big Lake, which should be a win for the Spartans. Um, be big for the Sabres to get a win at Mimiji, um, just to kind of get some momentum going for the sections. Yeah, you know, Ricori, they it's kind of nice that that big lake, they usually play big lake pretty early in the year. Last year was the first game, but um, having them this late, I mean, big lake, they've been shut out the last four weeks. They're 0-6, um, and Ricori should have a good chance to get a little more positive momentum on their home field, or they've lost two of three. Um, and barely won their first game, which is pretty surprising. Um, so I know they're probably wanting to get a couple more wins on that new in the new stadium um, and as well just kind of get things rolling again because, you know, you want to be ready for sections. You want to be kind of on a positive note, and they have a good chance to do that um, next Wednesday. I'd expect them to bounce back, learn a lot probably from this bye week since, you know, they've been playing since before everyone else and they haven't got a break since. So they're probably almost feels like a full season's worth. Um, so. It's kind of an interesting time, but it probably allows them to to look at a lot of things and try to fix stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, they did lose to two good teams in Hutchinson and Wilmer. But like you said, only putting up, you know, two combined touchdowns um, and giving up more points in those two games than they had in a ton of games on their home field before that is, you know, not ideal for them. So I'd expect them to bounce back uh, pretty well next Wednesday. For sure. But I think that kind of wraps up most of the football Um picks and coverage um like we said we'll be i'll be out at uh, the becker at apollo game um this upcoming friday um i know zach is going to be doing some homecoming stuff for st cloud state so um he won't be at football this week but we'll still have a roundup going we'll still have some takeaways um all that usual stuff a preview coming out next week or tomorrow and into friday so plenty of stuff coming your way for football um and then We'll blink, and then we'll get ready for Wednesday's games next week because it, starts, it comes pretty quick um, when you have football on Friday and football on Wednesday. So uh, be interesting to see how things kind of unravel here in the next couple of weeks as we get ready for sections that start up on Tuesday the 26th. So, um, But I think that's pretty much it. What do you, what do you think, Zach? Yeah, it's, it's just going to be interesting because – Got you so used to who these sections were and what teams were in them the last couple of years. As for all sports, we're all, a ton of them have moved either moved classes. Football is actually probably the one that stayed the most, if anything, other than Cathedral moving a little bit. So, um, and Apollo moving around somewhat. So, I mean, that makes it a little easier, but it, it's still a lot of change. So, um, when we talk about that next week, we make our picks. We'll probably talk a little bit more about what the section seedings are looking like because um, they don't usually change a ton that last week for the most part. So um, we'll kind of get into that as well. But yeah, so for now, we're going to take our first break on the other side. We're going to talk soccer sections um, and also uh, tennis sections and then also some cross country as they get near the end of their regular season too. So um, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. We're going to finish up talking a bit of high school, mostly postseason stuff here. Um, as Brian mentioned, I think he mentioned earlier, I can't remember, or did we talk about it off camera? It's hard to remember at this point, but girls soccer is tonight, starts with sections. He's going to be out at Tech Detroit Lakes. Um, that's the only home game, and we have a total of five teams playing tonight. So 
Um, Brian, do you want to just run down a little bit about some of the seedings um, and what sections people should look out for? Yeah, so six of our teams are in three classes. So just to confuse you all um, right away, that's what's happening. Um, for today or for tonight on Wednesday night, um, the only team that isn't playing for girls soccer is Cathedral in Section 8, Single A. Um, they will be playing tomorrow night um, for their quarterfinals game. So the rest of the teams are all playing tonight. So the majority are in Section 8, Double A. Um, so the quarterfinals consist of number eight, Ricori, is going to be playing at number one, Alexandria, um, at 7 p.m. tonight. Number five, Detroit Lakes, is playing at number four, Tech, at 7 p.m., which is the game that, like Zach said, I will be at tonight. Um, number seven, Apollo, is playing at number two, East Grand Forks, at 6 p.m. tonight. And then number six, Sock Rapids Rice, is playing at number three, Little Falls, at 4 p.m. tonight. Um, and so kind of looking at that section, East Grand Fork or Alexandria is 12-2-1 and two and one this season. They're 9-0 and oh in the section. East Grand Forks is 13 and one overall and three and one in the section. So those two are kind of the favorites should be kind of playing head to head in the state or in the section finals. Obviously anything can happen, um, but tech is going to be playing Detroit lakes, which is kind of an interesting matchup. I, I'm kind of excited to see how this game unfolds tonight. Um, tech is six and six, six and three overall. They're five, two and one in the section. Whereas Detroit Lakes is seven, eight, and one overall, but zero and five in section play. So um, Tech did beat Detroit Lakes two to one earlier this season. So there is a little bit of uh, some results from the year, um, but it'll be kind of interesting to see kind of how things unfold for that game because that'll be a really close one. The other three matchups, unfortunately, kind of look a little lopsided. Um, Sock Rapids Rice has been winning lately. Um, they are 4-9-2 and two, um, with recent wins um, over the last couple of weeks. But Apollo and Ricori both only have one win on the season. Um, and it, it'll be tough to beat the one and two seeds in this section. Um, and then lastly, the other team that is playing tonight is in Section 8 AAA, which is Sartell. They got the number six seed, and they will be playing number three Elk River in Rogers at 7 p.m. tonight. Um, Sartell is making that jump for the first time um, with the reclassifications this year. And the, it'll, the, Sartell is 8-5-2 on the season. Um, Elk River is 8-5-3 on the season. So that's going to be kind of interesting um, as we get ready for that matchup. Um, right now, if you look at Minnesota scores, Sartell is the number is ranked number th four in the section, but they got number six, which kind of shows you a little bit of how things are unfolding. Um, the big the big thing is is Buffalo got the number five seed, and they are three eleven and zero in overall, and they're also zero and four in the section. So I don't know how Sartell got the number six seed behind Buffalo because um, it should have been probably Sartell getting the five seed. Um, and maybe even the the four seed or the yeah the four seed because St. Michael Albertville got the four seed and they are four eleven and one on the season and three zero oh, and one in section play. So I guess we'll find out what what that means from the coaches vote. But I'm sure Sartell's a little mad about that uh, seeding, um, which will hopefully show tonight as they play Elk Ripper. Yeah, and I am a little surprised by that, too. kind of shows when you're one of those teams that mostly play 2A teams, you're probably going to be looked down upon a little from some of the other coaches that are playing against, you know, they haven't, a lot of them probably haven't seen Sartell really play before. So, like you said, we'll see how it goes. I'm glad this gives us a platform to talk about my Thursday last week because I went to see Sartell girls soccer play on their <laughs> senior night, playing against Alexander, who, as we mentioned, the number one seed, um, and above them in the central, number one seed in section 8-2A, above them Central Lakes. And it was a good first half. I mean, Sartell had a lot of chances. They looked like the better team than Alexandria, actually. So I thought they were kind of poised to get a couple goals the second half, maybe pull off an upset because um, just their offense had looked really great moving the ball um, and just transitioning. And then at halftime, they 
just say the game's over because one of the lights, which had been out from the time I got to the stadium before the game, um, it was on the end where Sartell was trying to score in the first half. Alexandria was going to be going to that end in the second half. And I don't know if it was Alexandria didn't want to play on that end. They didn't think it was safe. The refs had kind of decided they shouldn't be doing it. I don't know, but they just packed up and left. So I packed up and left and I didn't really have anything to write about because there was no conclusion to the game. So I have to say that is, and this came on the heels of the previous week, maybe not the Apollo game where it was raining so much. They ended like 20 minutes early and just said, yeah, we're good. So I hope when I go to a soccer game on Thursday night, there's actually a conclusion because I haven't got that in my last two soccer games. So um, weirdest ending I've seen for a high school game before. I just wanted to to give that little tidbit out. Yeah, no, that, that does seem kind of strange. Um, but yeah, heading into Thursday, um, the only girls soccer team that's playing on Thursday is, like I said, Cathedral. Um, the Crusaders got the number two seed, and they will be hosting number three seed Walker Hackensack Akeley. Um, say that three times fast. Um, and they Section 8 single A is broken up into east and west. So Cathedral's part of the east, so they got the number two east seed. Um, but St. John's Prep got the number one east seed, so... It looks like if both teams win, which they're expected to, they will be playing on Saturday, um, sometime on Saturday. Um, and then kind of going into the boys' side, um, all all five, no, six boys' teams will be playing on Thursday um, for their quarterfinals games. The big, the big team to kind of look out for is Cathedral. Um, they earned the number one seed, for the east side for section eight single a and they'll be taking on st john's prep who was the number four seed on the east side and actually beat melrose um last night eight to nothing to get into that game so um had to do a little bit of a play-in game but now cathedral knows who they'll be playing and up against cathedral looks like they are kind of the favorite heading into this section um as they get ready for hopefully a state tournament bid um but we'll see how the next few games kind of unfold um in section eight double a number seven little falls will be heading to number two tech at 7 p.m i think zach will be taking on that game um we'll be covering that game on thursday night um number six detroit lakes will be playing at number three apollo at 7 p.m and then number five sock rapids rice is going to be heading over to number four recory at 7 p.m which is the game i will be at which will be kind of interesting. Um, I haven't seen Sock Rapids play yet, but I did see Ricori play Tech. Ricori looked really good against um, Tech and I think should have a good shot um, just being the number four seed. Um, but we'll see how things kind of unfold for them. Lastly, the last team for um, boys soccer is Sartell. They got the number five seed in Section 8 AAA. And they will be taking on number four Brainerd at Brainerd at 7 p.m. on Thursday night. So a lot of soccer coverage coming your way. Um, I know we'll probably have some roundups and notebooks um, from tonight as well as tomorrow. So make sure to check SC Times for all of that, as well as a gallery from me tonight from Tech and um, a gallery from Zach against Tech on Thursday and my game um, from Sock Rapids and Ricori on Thursday. So a lot of stuff coming your way, and it's only Wednesday. So we got plenty of time ahead of us. Yeah, I mean, just a couple of things to um, – thanks, Brian, for going through all the games there. The, the main things I would kind of take away um, is Sartell and Brainerd, they're facing off. They've tied both times they met this year, 0-0 and 1-1, and it's a 5-4 matchup. So – um, the nice part about section plays, they do have to determine a winner. So um, I expect that one to, to probably be one that goes down to the wire. So that should be an exciting one. Um, they're going to be going on the road for that. So uh, we'll see how they do in that one. Um, yeah, Tech and Apollo should be pretty heavily favored on Thursday as well for the boys, I would say. Um, it'd be nice to see them face off again um, just because uh, that's always a good game. So. Um, they've both been um, trending in the right direction the last couple weeks. I know Tech had a little bit of a dip mid-season, but they've been doing well. And then Apollo's been on the rise since a slow start. So um, I'd be excited to see them match up again. And then for Cathedral, 
Um, on the boys' side, they're you know top 10 in the state, um, as you mentioned, number one on their side. The number one on the west side is Pelican Rapids, who the Crusaders had to beat on a last-second goal um, during the regular season. So if those two would match up again as well, I think that'd be an awesome section final. Um, potentially on the horizon, Connor Drone, who scored the winner in that one, he's still leading the state in assists as well. And uh, Cathedral finished off strong as well this week on Monday with a win. So um, a lot of good stuff going on. I'd say the boys' soccer, a lot of teams have prospects of at least advancing a round or two or possibly getting a state berth. So there's going to be a lot up for grabs the next week or two. Yeah. And just to kind of give everybody a little bit of a detail of what's to come, um, if teams win, there is no double elimination. This isn't the spring season. Um, we're, it's winner go home type of mentality. But um, for the Section 8A, um, single A with Cathedral, their games will be, the quarterfinals will be Thursday, semifinals will be on Saturday, and then there's a doubleheader um, in Sox Center on Tuesday. Girls play at 5.30, boys play at, I believe, 7 or 7.30. Um, I think, yeah, 7.30, my apologies. Um, and the rest of them, so Section 8 AA and 8 AAA, they will be t- playing their quarterfinals. Um, the girls are on Wednesday. Boys are on Thursday, and then I think both of them play on Tuesday, and then they play on Thursday the next week for the finals. So um, that's kind of gives you gives you a little bit of a glimpse of what's to come um, if teams continue to win. Um, but like we said, we'll have plenty of coverage coming up, um, even if we're there or not. You can check out our website. We'll have scores and highlights from all of the section coverage um, over the next couple or over the next couple of weeks. Definitely. And um, hit on a couple more sports before we finish up. Um, I was at cross country yesterday um, at Albany. It was Albany doing their home meet, um, which I got. To, I think we both were at the prior year. So I got to see them at their home meet again this year. Um, big takeaways were Olivia Gable. She continues to just be dominant i actually have a story about her coming out um tomorrow a feature on her just how much she's grown this year and she's dropped you know a couple you know multiple minutes since last year's times um she finished fourth that state in the mile last year and she's kind of continuing that um you know easily one of the top runners to look out for in class 2a potentially a chance for a state title in a couple weeks if things keep going her way so um she's won a ton of meets um, the meets she has lost have been meets with, you know, hundreds of girls and it's usually to like a three, a school or something. And Albany's a bit smaller than that. So, um, she's done incredible things. Even yesterday, she dropped 20 seconds off her time, even though she just raced three days prior, which if you know, cross country, you usually don't race that close together, or you're not putting in personal best times when you're doing stuff like that and hard training sessions the week before. So, um, she continues to amaze me. She amazes her coaches. She even surprises herself, she said. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see where she goes. Also, Grant Mayers on the guys' side took second, had his fastest time of the year, had a really great race um, and that as well. And he's someone else I would, I would keep an eye out uh, for potentially qualifying for state. There was also a meet um, with a bunch of our other local schools in St. Cloud, um, and there were some big times um, in that one as well. Cathedral had a really good showing against – you know, schools twice, three times their size. And, um, you know, the girls are number one in the state for class A boys are number three. Um, and they looked really good again. So, um, there's a lot to look out for cross country. We'll get into it a little bit more as conferences next week, the following week section, and then first week, uh, weekend of November is state. So I know we'll get to the, uh, breaking down that probably a little more in the upcoming shows. Just wanted to kind of put some of that on people's radar. Yeah, I know we, you and I were talking about it, and I think we've already booked our travel to St. Olaf um, that first weekend of November on that Saturday because it seems like a lot of uh, potential for a lot of the local teams and athletes to just be able to compete and um, probably a handful of them that are going to be competing for one of those top spots or top 10 spots um, for their classes. So very exciting to see. Um, always fun to – I love this time of year because it's always fun to see – all these athletes pursuing for that state title or, you know, there's, there's a lot more on the line than just a, you know, regular season conference meet type of thing. So um, always kind of fun to, to see how things unravel there. And then you want to just finish it up, update on how tennis went this last week. 
Yeah, I was over at Stay Fit probably many hours um, over the last couple of days uh, last week. But a lot of fun, too. Um, really, really fun to watch some of these teams compete. Um, on the team side, um, St. Cloud beat Sartell 6-1 to one to advance to the quarterfinals. Um, Ricori lost to Annandale 5-2. And St. Cloud got the victory 6-1 to one over Annandale to advance to the, court, or to the semifinals. Um, they will be taking on Mamiji, who is the number one seed from the north. Um, Mamiji beat Fergus Falls 7-0 and Purim 5-2 to advance to the semifinals. On the other half of the bracket, Becker upset Foley, who was the number one seed, Becker being the number four seed in the south. Um, they beat Foley 4-3 to advance the semis. And East Grand Forks defeated Thief River Falls 4-3, um, East Grand Forks being the number two seed from the north. So <clears throat> those four teams will be heading into the semifinals on Friday. Mamiji and St. Cloud will play at noon on Friday at Stay Fit and Sartell. Um, and then the Becker-East Grand Forks match will happen at 2.30 right after the St. Cloud match. Um, the winners of those two matches will play against each other at 6 p.m. on Friday night in Sartell, um, where the champion will be crowned and the winner will be heading to the state tournament um, the last week of October. So um, a very good chance for Sart or for St. Cloud to be able to compete against a, a tough team like Mamiji. Um, they will have to, I mean, beat Mamiji um, to advance to that finals. But honestly, Mamiji is probably their biggest um opponent um so if they can get through Mamiji, um not saying that it's a guaranteed win for st cloud in the in the finals but um that would be a big momentum boost um being be, beating the number one seed from the north so we'll see what happens there <clears throat> on the uh individual side of things two doubles pairings are advancing to the section tournament finals um this upcoming week and one is from St. Cloud, one is, is from Sartell. Um, some really good matches along the way, um, but those two doubles pairings are the only ones in the local area left um, that could have a shot of going to state um, this upcoming year. Um, for the Sartell or for the St. Cloud side, that doubles pairing was Paige Tarali and Ella Morale. Um, those two have been playing a lot of singles. Um, for St. Cloud, but they actually paired together to make a doubles pairing for the section tournament. Um, they are they earned the number one South seed after winning um, 6-0-6-4 against Becker in the finals. They also beat um, Sartell's Addison Burns and Violet Style 6-1-6-4 in the semifinals to advance to that finals. So they will be playing as the number one seed from the South. That means that they will play the number four seed from the north um, in the quarterfinals matchup on Saturday. Um, that quarter, that number four seed is Maya Marsh and Ashton Lill from Fergus Falls. Um, the other doubles pairing, local doubles pairing, is Addison Burns and Violet Style from Sartell. They lost to Paige and Ella um, in the semifinals, and then they also lost to a Foley pairing. Um, in the third place match, 6-3-6-0, um, which put them, um, which which put them at the number four seed from the south. So they will be getting the last seed um, in the quarterfinals. They will be taking on the number one seed from the north, which is Brooklyn Broadwell and Abby Flangen um, from Thief, Thief River Falls. And um, basically, you're going to have a quarterfinals matchup, and you're going to keep playing semis, finals. Um, the top two doubles pairings will advance to um, the state tournament. So basically, you got to finish top two. Um, there is a true second match if necessary, um, depending on the results of all the different matches throughout the day on Saturday. But the team section um, tournament will take place on Friday at Sartell. Stay fit. Um, the individual portion, the doubles pairings, will be happening on Saturday starting at 930 in the morning. Um, at Stay Fit and Sartell. But I will be updating you throughout the week um, as I learn more about who won and who lost um, and make sure to put it on sctimes.com. So make sure to check out there for all the updated um, results and what's going to happen next. 
other than that, I think the only thing we have left is college. Um, unfortunately, our audio kind of went a little weird this week um, and cut out the last segment of this um, podcast. So Zach did speak about this, but apparently it did not work um, when I was trying to edit the, the software. So um, I'm going to just do a quick recording of the college updates and, and news um, and let you know where Zach's going to be over the next couple weeks or over this upcoming weekend. Um, and then hopefully he can, we can get back to normal next week at the podcast and he can talk about college a little bit more in depth. Um, but last week, the St. John, St. John's football team, they won 50 to nothing over Augsburg. Um, St. John's is still up in that top five, um, for rankings. They improved to five and all this, this year and, um, basically have been looking really dominant. Um, so they will be playing um, St. Olaf this upcoming weekend, um, and Zach will be over there for that game early in the afternoon. Um, but Zach will not be doing um, any type of high school football on Friday night. It is St. Cloud State's homecoming weekend. So very exciting time for St. Cloud State and the Huskies. Um, so I think he's going to be over at a volleyball match on Friday, or on Friday night as the Huskies are ranked pretty high um right now for volleyball um so he's gonna go over there and take some photos and do a quick little story on that so make sure to check out that coverage on friday night as well as all the roundups and takeaways from me um regarding the high school football scene um on friday night as well um along with that so friday night zach will be at the st cloud state volleyball match and then on saturday he will be over at st john's against um as they take on St. Olaf in the afternoon. And then on Friday or on, on Saturday night, he will be playing um, going, he will be planning on going over to St. Cloud state men's hockey um, as St. Cloud state split the, uh, the series against Mankato last week after winning three to one on Saturday. Um, they lost to Mankato on Friday night, one to nothing. So split the series there, but number two, St. Cloud state, We'll be taking on the number four state or ranked team, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Um, that will be happening on Saturday night. And it's the first time that Bob Motzka will be back at Herb Brooks um, coaching for a different team. Obviously, he was the coach for St. Cloud State a few years ago and took over the Golden Gophers job. Um, so this will be the first time that he's there. Um, kind of be interesting because um, it's a good matchup, top five team. Um, also, Bob Motzkow's son, Mac Motzkow, um, died late this summer um, in a car accident. And there's been a lot of stuff that St. Cloud State has done to um, remember him. Um, they put a sticker on a seat that he watched his dad coach hockey at, with the Huskies. So going to be kind of an interesting um, night just to see how things go. But in the end... It's going to be a hockey game with uh, number two, St. Cloud State, versus number four, Minnesota Golden Gophers. So um, Zach will be over there. Dave will be taking photos for him at that time. So um, also a quick thing, apparently they're going to be doing some throwback uniforms. So that'll be kind of fun just to um, – they look really cool on Twitter. So make sure to check out the gallery afterwards as, as well as the, uh, the story that Zach will be writing. Um, plenty of content coming your way for sctimes.com. So make sure to stay tuned to everything um, St. Cloud Times-wise um, this weekend because we got soccer tonight, we got boys soccer tomorrow, we got football on Friday, volleyball Friday night for Zach, we have tennis on Friday and Saturday, and then we also have college football Saturday and college hockey on, on Saturday night. So plenty of stuff coming your way over the next few days, and then we start right over again on Tuesday with more content from section tournaments. And then we have football on Wednesday night due to MEA weekend um, next weekend. So plenty of stuff coming your way. So make sure to check out sctimes.com every day for all the updated stats, news, photos, stories, everything else. Um, but I think that'll kind of wrap up this podcast. Usually Zach does this, so I'm not as good as him when it comes to wrapping up the podcast. But thank you for listening to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. And we'll see you again next time.